This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, here we go. Hour four of the G-Bag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. Hope you're having a great day. As we have so much Cowboys news here to get to and a reset of everything that we believe to be a priority coming up uh, this offseason. Jerry Jones with the assembled media. Lots of takeaways. And I, I think it it serves as a collection of reasons that that the front office is the problem. And that's what I heard. And I, that's what I see in these quotes. Here come the text. Okay, at 877-881-1053. Are you prepared to not talk about the other factors that hold this team back until we talk about the biggest one? Because I'm sick and dang tired of folks getting criticized. This guy's not good enough. That guy's not good enough. And then use some of these things that the front office has decided to do and team building the way that they build, expecting different results. It's maddening. And I think we really need to focus on it because I think the uh, – the, tr- the transition is not too far off from Jerry to full-on Steven. And every offseason, Steven keeps going back to this plan. He needs an earful from the fan base that, damn it, this is not a, a, a system that we want to continue forward in, in long-term. Anyway, on Zeke. And to me, this is all, all you need to know to understand that this could be very problematic. Um, if, if this is the mind determining your personnel – says, I know we've got a reputation for being reluctant to look at great players as they go into their later years, but I don't need empathy or a feeling of look what he's done for us to turn on the tape and look at what a difference maker he was last year. That's Jerry Jones talking about a running back that was in quicksand. He turns on the tape and sees a star. Now, I don't know how a solid, smart football man in his prime can turn on that tape and see a good football player, but that's what he sees. How can that how can a play how can a guy like that be in any decision making capacity and give you confidence? Uh not give me confidence. Cannot give me confidence. I, I have no idea. I I, I if, if he actually means what the he's saying. The other guy there, gives you confidence. Pollard gives you confidence. Sure. I mean, that's what yeah, I'm you can turn that tape on and see that, a difference no, maker. That, if you're gonna evaluate, that's the tape that you're like, okay, that's the guy we need to be playing. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if he was confused with the question and maybe he was thinking about Pollard and uh, you know, maybe that's Probably the only not. thing that they, I can they imagine. Love Zeke. They love Zeke. It, yeah, he does. And he, and he do. went That's on a blind and, spot, bro. That's a giant it is. blind it spot. It is a blind spot. And he tried to say, you know, I mean, he's been criticized for not wanting to move on and having a soft spot for veterans, you know, and, and, and he has. That's a little Al Davis in him. And he's doing it again. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe maybe that's not what's going on. Dan Graziano reported he wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys cut Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, and I expect that. I do expect Zeke to be cut. But it's it's a window into Jerry's mind that's the most troubling, even sure. if they do move on from Zeke. And, and I get wanting to be, you know, as as fair and handle this, you know, as as respectfully as possible with Zeke. He's been a, a great yeah. cowboy. He's had a great career. But there comes a time where it's no longer beneficial to have a player because of the productivity on the field on your roster. And yeah. we and we have now hit that fork in the road. And and Jerry, maybe he has twenty twenty vision on this. But he cares more about the guy's feelings than his reputation, his credibility. And to me, you know, that that shows a, a, a lack of focus and a priority on thinking good football thoughts. It's about managing a business, managing TV stars, and worried about feelings more than, you know, putting the best performance of this football team first. Something that happens to you when you get older. Maybe Absolutely. That, maybe that you don't want to be hated going out the door. Sure. Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's I thought of, you get older well, and you stop giving a bleep about that kind of stuff. I thought that's how it went. But, but Jerry, there is usually no not with science. Jerry. I think that I think that Jerry. This is why I mentioned Al Davis because Al Davis was the same way. Al Davis loved his players. He would soon get rid of coaches than he would get rid of the players. 
Yeah. You know, he he always wanted to be beloved by his players. Yeah. Al Davis. And so I you know, maybe Jerry being in his eighties now is kind of like I don't want anybody to say anything, you know. Jerry shouldn't care. Yeah. He shouldn't care. He's had a hell of a run, but he but he, you know, he he, he might be at that point where he, I don't want maybe the feeling of what happened with with Dez and and Demarcus Ware and others like that, or maybe that still stings him a little bit. He doesn't want any negative relationships to result from his ownership. You yeah. know, he because this negative relationship with the guy who helped him win three Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah, you know, he, or two he, Super Bowls. He he saw he saw. I think that you can drive a a team to championships, or you can be friends with everybody. And he's mm. choosing be friends. Because in order to be a great leader in most businesses, especially in sports, you got to be a world-class Richard with a capital D, you know? And we're moving on, and I just don't think he's got the stomach for it uh, anymore. And, you know, we, we can only hope that his importance in the way that decisions are handled moving forward continues to get minimized. And at some point, somebody with the last name Jones decides to get aggressive about bringing you a Super Bowl instead of playoff appearances. Okay, he said Monday, uh, Friday, and it proved true today. They're in the same spot with Tony Pollard, and he ends up getting the tag. I just don't know how you would convince Tony Pollard to do a long-term deal. If you're like, well, we got a year and a half of guaranteed money, he's like, I might as well do the tag and see what happens next year, and, and $10 million bucks is you know, a good payday for one year's I could work. See the, I could see the Cowboys absolutely just doing the tag and moving on. I, I used yeah. the example of Dalton Schultz. I think we're in the same boat here on this Makes one. Makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially if they're planning to draft a guy in the top 100. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, if if you if you listen to all of Jerry or or read many of his quotes that are available on a number of places, there was definitely a tone throughout of p- pointing the finger at what Dak's not doing. More than this organization has done in the past. And this is again where I'm going to get frustrated with Jerry Jones because he's talking about a quarterback they've had on the team for seven years like he's going to magically get better or be something than what you know he is already. And it's it's super maddening from a team-building perspective because you need the light bulb to come on and for them to say, oh, I see, we got to build everything and then we can win the Super Bowl. That's what we really need to see. But he says he has the physical skills to do this at the level to win us the Super Bowl. Does he do it with some of, uh, uh, some of the same nuances that several – of these other quarterbacks do it? No, he doesn't. Nope. He's got some of the things that he can work on to be more effective. Let me put it like this. Dak's a born mistake eliminator. I would rather start with him as raw material than anyone I've been around at the position. He's been in the NFL for seven years. He's yeah. on the other side of 30. Yeah. This isn't raw material. <laughs> Several of these other quarterbacks do? No. That, that, to me, sounds like we're heading for the final two years of Dak's contract. And they're very much in a, I'm not sure if we're going long-term with them, no matter what he and Steve have said in the past. Yeah, and the, but they still refuse to just throw all the talent in the world at the roster. Yeah. It's like they're starting to maybe come to the conclusion that, okay, we have to understand what Dak is now, which is a solid quarterback, not one of these great ones, like with the nuances and stuff that he's talking about with these younger quarterbacks that are in here. But they still can't convince themselves that they have to do a whole lot more as a front office and bringing in more talent to help offset some of the deficiencies that Dak has. So it's yeah. like, okay. And he's still throwing around the Tom Brady thing. Like, yeah. What are you doing with that? He's talking yeah. about Dak, how he's still like the positive one plus one equals three. And Jerry looks at Dak and says he could still become Tom Brady. And I just, you lost me, bro. Yeah, at the end yeah. of Brady's career, he'd already won, what, three Super Bowls in the back half of his career. And then he was able to win another four. I mean, come on. It, it, it's it is, asinine, dude. It is. And it, the thing that never has made sense is the whole, I don't have time. You know, it, he, I don't have, he doesn't have a lot of time. Like the, the mortality is settling in, right? And they don't act as if they, they act as if they're year to year. They're not putting in all their resources to win now. You know, you'd think one year they would just go for this thing. Like Jerry should be in the win now Absolutely mentality should. where yeah. I don't have a long time to have a good time. Right? He thinks it, the it, better you have chance now to have a good time this yeah. year. No, he thinks the better chance is to have this kind of team four years in a row than maybe have a much better team two years and then be bad the other two. Which years. hey, you know what? That line of thinking, I can get behind, but when it's proven to not have worked for as long as it has now, you got to change something. And maybe for a year, you go all in for the gusto. And if it doesn't work, well, hell, you change something and you did it differently. And then you can tell us all to go bleep ourselves. We tried it your way and it didn't work. Okay. Next talking point. 
It appears that he might have the hots for Odell Beckham Jr.'s mom. And also, he wants to sign him. Says he's been in contact with OBJ's team three times in the offseason so far. Says the most impressive of all, with the most important one in this whole proposition, that's his mother. Yeah. Uh, who uh, he says he met with uh, her while at the NFL Honors. You can see where he gets a lot of his qualities. Certainly, he is somebody that I have the same kind of interest in that I had during the season. Um. You know, I, I I said it earlier, I think the Cowboys like this move because he's a, a celebrity and they see a clear return on the investment with ratings and merchandise. And he's not a full paid player, 12, 15 million bucks, something like that. They're risking injury and him not being available and the extensive history of Odell Beckham Jr. not being the best teammate so they can get a discounted so-called star with glitz and glamour. This is a pure glitz and glamour move. That kind of works in their salary cap, sells them a bunch of jerseys, gets more eyeballs on the star. That's all this is about. And I'm gonna I'm gonna bang that drum very, very loudly. And if they think that adding Odell Beckham Jr. is gonna push them over the top, they just haven't been paying attention. And that is a pure money move. I, I know Odell had some good games with the Rams. That was two years ago. He'd already lost a half step and he got injured in the Super Bowl. So I mean, they were hoping that he'd recovered. While he was doing all that physical therapy by himself, they got him in the building. He wasn't recovered on schedule. Okay, so how much has uh, his multiple serious leg injuries throughout his career healed to a point that he could be as athletic as the average 31-year-old wide receiver? Not very good. Um, So that one also chaps me significantly. Um, Okay, more on this topic right here. The topic was Dak can't do it by himself, needs more help. We want to get all the help around him. But as we all know, when you have a competitive paid quarterback in the NFL, you're not going to be able to get the most skill around him. You're going to have to pick your spots, and you're going to be a little slower one year than the next in terms of what you're doing. You can't pay all the positions. Forget Dak for a minute. You can't pay that position at that level, take that much of the available dollars, and then put the exact thing around him. So the most skill that we had around Dak Prescott is no longer doable. We've been talking for two weeks based on that Michael Gelkin interview of them doing something to add juice, right? They're going to try to add that juice without a significant investment. And to me, that's exactly what that says. So DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, that's 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 got to be out the window at this point after reading that quote. How about you guys? Where are you at with I mean, that? how much do they think Odell Beckham Jr. is going to cost? 15, 12 to 15, somewhere in there is what I think. You know, I mean, it's just... To, to me, and it goes back to 2016, right? He's talking about that was a great team. The offensive line, they were paying Tony Romo 13% towards their cap. He was taking up 13% of their cap. He conveniently leaves that out. They were paying a quarterback on a big money contract at that time. Yeah, he was injured and he didn't play. So you had to go to Dak Prescott, who was on a rookie deal. And then you weren't able to maximize Dak Prescott's rookie contract because you were still paying Tony Romo. Then you added Zeke. And then he had a Jalen Smith. But yet you still were able to put a good team around him, right? Yeah. So you proved it could be done then. So why can't you do it now? When other teams around the league are not using this as an excuse. Do you see the Chiefs bitching and whining because they've paid Patrick Mahomes and, oh, we can't pay these guys? Like, yes. Can they keep everybody? Do they have to just – are they going to release Frank Clark? Sure. You're going to have to at some point you can't keep everybody – but it doesn't mean we got to yeah. bargain shop and be the last team every year to sign a free agent that is not one of our own. And he knows the fan base wants that. So that's why on this front end, he's going to sell the hell out of Odell Beckham Jr. This yeah. is our huge premium signing. He's going to be talking about Odell Beckham Jr. like he's in his prime. Mm-hmm. And he's going to you know, get that ultimately done for a significant discount. And they'll be like, see, we did it. And you, uh, you, you can't let him get away with that kind of stuff. Thank you, Gavin, for calling like it really is with Odell Beckham Jr. That's Tim in Carthage. Uh, G-Bag, my boys, I hate to hit y'all with the sad bleep, but, uh, oh, lost my brother over the weekend. Everybody's hurting right now in my family. Mm. I'm sorry to hear that, 682. That yeah. sounds incredibly traumatic. We love you. Prayers up to the Kinemers, man. That's Devin the Dude right there. Much love, homie. Okay, 817. Do people forget that Brady was basically making minimum wage for a quarterback? That was the teams can spend elsewhere. He did give the Patriots about he a did. 50% he did. discount. It sure did. And then he made the Buccaneers in order to get him break out the credit card and, and buy way more players that that uh, franchise could hold. And that's why they were very much in the thick of things for two seasons. 
But now it's like, I got to go. <laughs> it's, it's clear what, they, what they've done. And that is the life cycle of, an, of a Super Bowl contender that doesn't have Patrick Mahomes or, or Tom Brady with the Patriots. Hey, we get two years, and now, oh boy, we're in a big, big, uh, big hole here, and it's time to start rebuilding. It's what the Rams did. They were back twice in five years. What's the Niners did? They've been in the NFC title game twice with Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's what the Eagles did. They won a Super Bowl, initiated the rebuild, and they're back in it four or five years later. Meanwhile, the Cowboys, with this mentality of let's just get into the playoffs and hope it goes well, did not work against the Rams, did not work twice against the 49ers, probably would not have worked if they had matched up with the Eagles in the postseason either. So, hello, light bulb, please come on up there. Please, for the love of God, we would like to not waste back-to-back good enough quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl with your team-building nonsense. It's time to hit the expressway. 35 minutes of uninterrupted content coming at you next in the nation. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here we go, nation. It's time to hit the expressway. It's brought to you by Rockwall Ford. Segment is presented by the Frankels. There's a reason you need a special license to drive a big truck. So companies that hire drivers and put them into big trucks should be held accountable for what happens when one hurts you. Frankly, you need Frankel and Frankel. Consultation's always free over there at truckwreck.com. Let's take a look at everything that's been developing throughout your broadcast day. Now, down in Austin, after the first spring workout, Coach Steve Sarkeesian says there will be an open comp at all positions, including the quarterback there between Arch Manning and Quinn Ewers. Now, I don't know. I'm excited about having Arch Manning, but it doesn't seem like that compelling of a case that he's going to step in and for sure dominate, Brian. How how do you see this matchup going with the true freshman Arch Manning? He's been there early, uh, but Quinn Ewers now plenty of experience post-high school and had that short stint last year where he's playing next level until the injury. I guess I'd be shocked if Arch Manning takes this job, but it would be a good shock. I, I, I want to see the Longhorns succeed. I, I think it'd be great for college football in this state. Uh, how do you see that competition playing out, Brian? You know, I, I feel like if you're just talking about pedigree and experience and all that, I mean, there were some times where if you watched Arch Manning play in high school, there were some problems. Yeah. There were some things that, you know, I mean, he was a very sought after. We all know that. You don't need me to tell you that. But there was a couple of times where I watched him play, even like his last game. There were some interceptions. There were some indecision. There was some, you know, it, you you kind of felt like, wow, is this guy when you're watching him? Is is this? If his name wasn't Manning, see, yeah, would you be like going, wow, this cat's a difference maker? Sure. I'm saying in Texas, this guy's a really, really good football player. He yeah. comes from great bloodlines. There's no question about that. But it, there's there's those times, those a couple of those games where, and I and I'm not gonna sit and act like I saw every game he played down there for that school down there in New Orleans. I'm not gonna say that. But, the ones but you that, read the articles. The but, people that did were writing about that same yeah, stuff. Yeah, see, that's the thing about it. There were enough of them where I was like watching him, you know, struggle a little bit, uh, you know. But he'll have, you know, he'll have talent around him. I mean, Texas has got to kind of figure out some things, you know, down there. I think it's really, really important, you know, to you know, for them to 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 go into the season 
and not just be a team that's playing in the Alamo Bowl. I mean, there, a lot of teams are people projecting them to be to win the Big 12, you know. And so if that's the case, you know, one of these quarterbacks, it's either going to be Quinn Ewers or Arch Manning. But I think just because of what I've seen from Quinn Ewers right now, experience, you have to give him the nod. But also, I think his leash is probably a little bit short there. Okay, good day for the Longhorns, by the way. Their basketball program is back up to 7th in the latest rankings released. How about this story from Michael Gelkin of the Morning News? Cowboys look to reclaim their third step to the draft and develop philosophy. And the article is basically about the last time they did a deal early, it was Zeke um, right before the 2019 season. He played 16, 17, 18, did a deal early before the 19 season. Other than that, they have not done early deals for a long, long time. And Gelkin's point is if you want to just do draft and develop, you have to do the deals early. To You're going to have to risk that you know Take your players of, better. Yeah. And you're going to reward them early, and they'll allow you to buy out the remaining years of their deal, essentially, for the security of having more guaranteed money in the NFL. The Cowboys have decided to be draft and develop, and for a lot of uh, uh, examples, wait until the end when the cap number is going to be the highest. Jerry Jones and Steven both with quotes in this saying it takes two to tango and all that. But at some point, you can make a generous enough offer that even the most staunch players that want to wait are going to be tempted. And the Cowboys have gotten away from this quite a bit over the last 10 years, Brian. I kind of feel like, though, we're in a mode right now with these these players and agents and stuff like that. They're starting to feel like that if you wait on the Cowboys, that they'll cave. Yeah. That, that that they will you know that there's no reason to there's no reason to negotiate early with them yeah but you know that that they will find a way and and I, cave is a terrible word I'm sorry that they 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 will kind of let you know they'll let it get to the end and they'll feel like okay this is what we have to do you put our feet to the fire this is what we need to do and boom we'll get the deal done they have been the cavemen for a while yeah well it, I, like I said it it's one of those things where I I just feel like that agents now know that they don't have to deal with you early. Okay, let me take another shot at the front office. Um, the one that they did was Jalen Smith. And that offseason, you had Dak, who needed a new deal, and Steve, and Steven was out there yeah. saying, hey, you know, we're open for business. Anybody that wants to come in and do a deal, we can do a deal. This is what happens when your top decision makers aren't the smartest football people in the room. And the Joneses want to stay in that very critical role where they're going to negotiate the big deals. How about how about a real traditional GM that could be like, "What are we doing? We're talking to Jalen Smith. Have you have you actually scouted him yourself? Do you have a solid opinion? What can you tell me about his leg? Did his leg ever fully heal? Yeah. What are we doing giving this guy ten million dollars a year over three or four seasons? And I I I don't think any other NFL GM would have done that deal. But that's that's the other one they did early. So you're trying to do deals early, but you can't trust yourself. Because you're not paying enough attention to know a player on your own team was handicapped. It's a huge problem. I do wonder, and, and Steven did talk about this, like players are less wanting to do the deals early now. They are. Because it's just, it. they have more of a bargaining chip when the deal comes up. And if they're betting on themselves and it ends up working out, Dak certainly did, they've just got more leverage, right, when the deal's up or it's the year before. So maybe it's just you have less players that are wanting to do sure. the deals ahead Part of time. Of yeah. and, and that's one thing where, I, I, Stephen, it did make sense when, when Stephen has talked about that before. Yeah, no, I, I, that's a good point. Uh, Geno Smith has joined the Seahawks on a new deal, three years and $105 million. I guess he stays uh, with the Seahawks. Man, being a Seahawks fan or being a Saints fan, just paying these below – payable quarterbacks the numbers are nuts so i mean good for gino so gino made and field age just tweeted this out of espn gino made 17.55 million dollars through 10 seasons in the nfl nice career he's going to make 52 million dollars next season alone bag secured i'm happy for gino man this is this is very very cool but he literally got paid for the first four or five weeks of the season. I'd rather give him 35 than Kirk Cousins 45 or Derek Carr 40. 
You know, I I think the Seahawks really got something here, and uh, they can still draft a guy too because they got their yeah. early picks. No, for sure. Like they're set up that way. Thanks to the Russell Wilson trade, they're yeah. set up for for good. They stuff They got rid here. of their quarterback to maybe get another one. But Gino, I mean, the the numbers of that Seahawks passing offense and his numbers just, I mean, the first five weeks on fire, rocking and rolling. The rest of the season just a slow tank. The final four weeks of the season, they were one of the single worst passing offenses mm. in the sport. It was just they came out hot for a month, and it's literally that month right there that just secured the bag for geno smith so congratulations to you man that's like josh green boy he was balling for three months and and then this last month has been tragic for him and and saturday was hopefully rock bottom Uh, the ravens are saying talks with lamar are going to go to the deadline Uh, again Derek carson with the saints colorado police investigating john morant strained oblique for leody Tavares. status for the opening day roster is uh, now in doubt there for your uh, for your texas ranger it's time now to uh, catch up with Bobby Belt here, Cowboys insider on 105.3 The Fan. And a good afternoon, Bobby. How the heck are you? I am so great. How are you guys? We're doing outstanding. You're back home now? I am home, yes. I got home uh, Sunday afternoon and uh, just a quick two-day trip to Indy. So many interesting notes here in this email that you've sent. Your, I guess, top 10 takeaways or something, by the way. Uh, tremendous journalism here. Let's start at tight end. And uh, the idea that it's it's not Hendershot, uh, Ferguson, or uh, Dalton that could be their dynamic tight end going into the future. How, how interested are the Cowboys maybe in taking a tight end at 26 even? Yeah, I think that they want to – they just want to add another dynamic weapon – for Dak Prescott and that they view it as that can be a, a weapon or a pass catcher in terms of, you know, a receiver or a tight end. They, they'd be fine with either one. And I think they feel like there's a better chance that the dynamic threat, the value there for them at their picks very well, may be at tight end instead of receiver, um, just given the way this receiver class is. And so, uh, you know, you heard Jerry kind of reference how, uh, you know, on the bus, how, uh, big a benefit it is to Kansas City that they have a player like Travis Kelsey and and how difficult a mismatch that is and how they're able to exploit that and take advantage of it and I I think that they feel like hey if we can get one of these mismatches uh, you know Dalton Schultz did a good job for us great chemistry with Dak Prescott but it's not the the vertical threat that you would want uh, for a real mismatch there and while they do like I think Peyton Hendershot and Jake Ferguson and think they did a good job. I think they feel like we can get better here and give Dak another real weapon to throw to if, if you know, the right guy is there. So that may be Luke Musgrave from Oregon State or uh, Dalton Kincaid from Utah or any of these guys. But they met with a few of them uh, there formally in Indianapolis. While the entire offensive coaching staff was back here in Dallas doing install on the new offense, uh, tight ends coach Linda Wells was not one of them. He was in Indianapolis, and he was working out tight ends. And so uh, there, there's definitely, I think, an interest in what some of these guys can do. Okay, that's great stuff. Great reporting on, on the tight end. And what were you able to find out about the running back situation after Jerry lit the world on fire Friday night talking about bringing Zeke back again? Yeah, uh, I think that uh, Jerry is being... Uh, kind or deferential to a, a an aging veteran there trying to show some respect or at least that's what I would hope it would be because there's just there's not a financial way I don't see how this can make sense but uh, the Cowboys are, are clearly hunting running backs and I don't think they're in the market for doing that if they fully expect that Zeke and Tony Pollard are going to be back together so uh, they met with formally several of them um, at, at least six I think uh, they met formally with Jameer Gibbs from Alabama uh, Tank Bigsby from Auburn uh, Devon A. Chain from Texas A&M so they're, they're meeting with a lot of running backs in this draft and I think they've already got some plans to potentially visit some of these running backs on 30 visits, which is usually a good indicator of how they feel about certain players. Um, I think they like Malik Davis uh, and and like what he has the potential to be, but I think that they feel like they need to see more growth from him as a player, as a professional, all of that before they can trust him to be, you know, part of a tandem with Tony Pollard or whoever. Um, And so I think the betting favorite right now would be Pollard and a top 100 pick as the running back duo next year. But I, I think they very clearly, uh, just from talking to people in Indy, seeing the things that Jerry says, seeing the way they're they're using some of these interviews, uh, I think running back is very clearly on the radar for them. 
right, you sent us so many good notes here, Bobby. This is it, it, it's overwhelming. There's so many good topics, but everybody wants to know about DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, can we get DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, please? Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, is that Nuke. the uh, the the old uh, Texans receiver? That guy. Yeah, um, and, and then they traded him for David Johnson. It was a weird situation. That's a fantastic trade. Great, great trade right there. Uh, look, I think that it's it wouldn't be the first time that a a you know player looking to leverage a new deal or trying to to get interest elsewhere tries to leverage the general Cowboys' interest. I mean, like, you just got to look back to December. Uh, where it wasn't really realistic that Odell Beckham Jr. was going to sign, but that didn't prevent him from, uh, you know, playing the flirting game in public and, and you know, using reporters to, to get certain messages out there because I think most people agree, uh, most players agree, that if you're looking for a new job, it can never hurt to have the Cowboys included in that list of teams. Um, and so now could he have real interest here? Sure. Uh, he's been around Dallas for several weeks now training with Des Bryant and, uh, you know, the, the Cowboys certainly couldn't use another pass catcher as we've sat here and talked about, but, um, what it would take and, and, you know, in terms of giving up draft capital, the money you'd have to pay him. Uh, I, I don't know that I'd bank on it happening. Um, but it's at least interesting that he's, he's got that interest here in Dallas and, uh, we'll see if uh, over the next couple of weeks there's any chatter about them reciprocating that interest. Okay, so one of your notes is the changes on the offense. Two things: complexity before the snap, simplicity, simplicity after the snap. What what the pre-snap complexity? Do you know what that involves? Is that more pre-snap motion in some of the stuff you see from the the Shanahan's and McVeigh's of the world? I I don't think it's as much that. I mean, that may be some of it. Um, but it just the sense I get when you were, you know, when you have conversations with people about, hey, what is what might this look like? And even some of what Jerry said, um, I, I think what this is about is more we, we talk so much about the value of being able to disguise your defense. Right. And and being able to confuse a quarterback pre snap and, and make them think it's one thing and then totally shift it at the snap of the ball. I think the Cowboys want to do some of that on the offensive side of the ball that they want to try and, and create mismatches and misdirection just by alignment and different things like that. Um, and then at the snap of the ball, I think they want it to be something that the defense is completely not prepared for. It looks like one thing, and then it's something completely different. And what that completely different looks like, I think, is probably specifically for the passing game, a lot of simple, quick reads, getting the ball out fast, uh, not as many option routes, uh, something that you know Mike McCarthy has expressed before. He's not a big fan of. Uh, even as Dak Prescott has said, he is a fan of them and, and he wants to keep them in there. But I don't think you're going to see as many of those. I don't think the progressions are necessarily going to be the same. The reads are going to be the same. I, I think this is all going to be about quick strike throws. And if you see big game, big plays in the passing game, uh, for the most part, not as a rule forever, but I think for the most part, when you will see big plays in the passing game, it's going to be a lot of catch and run stuff. Bobby, why do you feel like that Mike McCarthy put himself in this situation to be the play caller? Uh, you know, I think that you hear that cut from Jerry. I'm sure you guys have played it today where he talks about Mike has all these ideas that they've talked about for the offense over the last few years. And Jerry was, you know, talking about how, well, I don't, I don't see any of that that we're doing in the game plan. And, and so I think he felt like if Mike has these ideas, let's try to execute them. I think Mike just had had enough, I guess, of trying to make a blended game plan. I think he probably reached a point where he felt it needs to either be, you know, it needs to be all or nothing. It needs to be all what he wants to do or all what Kellen wants to do. And his preference would clearly be to do what he wants to do. Um, and I mean, he's the head coach that's well within his right to, to have that desire to make it look that way. Um, and so I think that he probably feels like I, I'm not happy with the amount of turnovers in the passing game. Uh, I'm not happy necessarily with the running game. And I have ideas and concepts that I think can fix it that Kellen Moore doesn't agree with. And I can't do this, you know, uh, you know, one foot in, one foot out sort of game plan for both of us. We just need to commit to certain ideas, and I think my ideas are going to fix the issues with the turnovers and uh, are, are going to make Dak more efficient, if not more prolific. Uh, and I think that that's his approach on this one. At right tackle, Bobby, how's this going to play out with Terrence Steele? And, and the second-round tender, 
I'd feel like if I'm a team that needs a tackle, a second rounder is not going to scare me off of signing Terrence Steele. Can a team come in here and pry him out of your hands? I see. I mean, I, I think they could, in, or in terms of they could come in here and sign an offer sheet. Um, I, I think the, the Cowboys, Cowboys in all likelihood. Yeah, I think the Cowboys would try to match. Yeah, that. they know this is a gamble. Um, they, they know. Yeah, it. And, they'll tell you it's a gamble. And I, I think that when you look at the way uh, they approach this with with a second round tender, I, I think that there's that's more about let's just kind of put things on hold for right now. Uh, and we'll circle back to this. We don't have any intention of you playing on this tender. We want to get you done on a long-term deal, but we got to get some things in order with our books first. So this is just a hold, sit tight, and we're going to come back and do this. I I think if he didn't tear his ACL, then he probably gets a first-round tender, and I think he mm. probably gets an offer sheet from someone. Uh, I do think that there's probably some people – Brian, you know this. There, there's you, you went through this evolution yourself that there's still probably some people who have questions about his play strength and whether he can be sure. uh, the type of pass blocker that they want. So there's already those questions that some people may have. And then when you throw on top of it an ACL and coming off of that injury, um, you know, I think that it would give some people some pause. So I – I'm not anticipating him getting an offer sheet from anybody else, but I'm also not anticipating the Cowboys are just going to have him play on this one-year deal. I think that's just meant to buy them some time until they can work on something a little more long-term down the road. Yeah, that was something I wanted to bounce off of you in terms of the pass blocking because they wanted to focus more on the pass protection versus the run blocking when it came to the linemen, but then they're also focusing on you know the quick reads, getting the ball out quickly. Does that seem to make sense to you? Do, do those marry? Yeah, I mean, I think they marry in the sense that, I, I mean, I get what you're saying, that quicker strike throws in theory shouldn't need as much time to block right. up. So should that be the priority over the run blocking? I think they feel like they've got it generally figured out in terms of their their run blockers. Terrence Steele got hurt. Tyler Smith was a rookie. Uh, you know, guys continue to improve. I think they feel like they're on a good trajectory for the run blocking to be better next year. And so I think that's the line of thinking there. While they they don't necessarily feel like the pass blocking was always crisp or was what it needed to be. You remember we talked about that in uh, heading into the Tampa playoff game, how there was a real emphasis on they wanted to get the ball out quick, but they wanted to block it up and make sure that that wasn't an issue for them. And so they were really making sure that they're, offensive line unit for that game with Jason Peters in there was about trying to pass protect as best as, as possible. And I think that that's what Mike McCarthy is going to try and embrace here is when they talk about putting the best five out there and, and getting whatever that combination is, I don't know that it's just the best five overall offensive linemen. I think their approach next year is going to be about who are the best five pass protectors. And that is going to be our priority. Thank you, Bobby. Is there anything else before we let you go? Just that I love you all. There he goes, Bobby Bell to must follow on Cowboys Twitter and a must listen every morning here on The Fan with Sean and RJ. Time now for LA Live. Here's Lucius. I got to turn on my mic. How about that part, guys? <laughs> first things first. First things first. I'll pop up. Mm. Uh, let's see here. I got some headlines right after this. <laughs> Oh, you girls. Uh-oh. Uh, still number one in gymnastics. They've yeah. done it. They're still there, man. Congrats. I feel like I've been watching gymnastics four days straight. Every <laughs> Friday, I come home, there's gymnastics on the television. Oh, my gosh. Uh, let's see. LA Live for March 6, 2023. Shout out to Ruben for the biscots right here. He brought some biscots, oh. y'all. And he's got a gang of them, too, so don't let them creep by you oh. without giving you some biscots. Oh. He's bringing it all the biscots. Let's go. Yes. Let's go. Out of baby. Love you, Pedro. Yeah. Question for the Tolos right off the rib, man. Started on a, on a Monday. Uh, what is something that society should normalize? What is something that society should normalize? I asked this to the Tolos on my Facebook page. I asked the Tolos questions because they know more about us than we know about them. And I'm just trying to get familiar, bro. Just trying to get familiar. I'd say being overly polite, you know? We we got a lot of rudeness happening. Okay, okay. Let's just go. Let's go back. uh, I don't know how many decades or centuries you need to where, like, social uh, protocols are more defined and obeyed. 
Yeah. I've been used it, to duel. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because even then, was you, honor, were, right? you were still so. you were still nice about it. You were yeah. nice, even about if you were being rude to somebody. Yeah. Good day, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I said good day. I said good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> leave us. <laughs> leave us. <laughs> leave us. <laughs> that's when you gotta leave the room. Uh, what is something that society should normalize? Tolo says, changing your opinion with new information. Oh, yeah, man. man. Yeah. That's that's a really good one right there. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why people don't do that. Emotional intelligence, usually. <laughs> uh, what is something that society should normalize? Bidets. Yes. You're right. I'm with you. You put that one in there, Lucius. I'm yeah. with you. No, there's a Tolo saying this uh, one. I think you put that one in Bidet. there. They have changed my life, though, Broadus. I, I will that. never go I back. I know that. I know that. Good talking, day, sir. Yeah, good day, sir. Good day, sir. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm squirting every five minutes on that joint. <laughs> like feeling on my toes. It feels great. Yeah, uh, the, the riders of the, the mass transit in Phoenix could use a whole body bidet. Every time they use it. We need to get those cranking in the public restrooms. <laughs> those do yeah. stink. Yeah. Speaking of bidets, you should check out the new South Park episode. Check out the new South Park episode. It's pretty good. Uh, admitting when you're wrong is something yes. that society should normalize. Yeah, yeah it's helpful. Uh, Catching an ass whooping is something that's a shot. Yeah. <laughs> no more guns, just with the old fist. Uh, healthier, low cost food options is something that society should normalize. Oh, yes. They got it together with oh. the bananas, man. If we could just take hey. the, whatever we're doing with the bananas, can we do yeah. that with everything else? You get a whole bunch of them, it's like 72 cents. Yeah. I've been at the grocery store like, no, that's not right. I don't want to be charged for shoplifting. <laughs> Run that again. <laughs> I just stock up. If you see me at the grocery store, you're just going to see a cart, a cart inundated full with, with bananas. I'm like, sure, we can actually get the organic ones of these. That's no problem, honey. Show up a little bit. You want to eat organic? Yeah. You're eating bananas. <laughs> all the bananas. Beautiful. What is something that society should normalize? Seeing a therapist. Yeah. yeah. Living at home with your parents during college. Okay, that sounds great. Just, a little paper. just forever. <laughs> For as long as possible, yeah, really. I yeah, get it, dude. Yeah. Uh, reading the whole article before commenting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. oh, my gosh. I've gotten so many back and forth with people. I'm like, all you got to do is read the article, bro. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not even trying to dunk on you, dog. It's just yeah. right there. Even if you just want to read half the article. <laughs> you know, just open it. Just click the dang <laughs> link without link, seeing bro. the headline. Do some bleeping research Come for on, one. man. Uh, normalize men as parents. I guess men are not being normalized as parents out here. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, being a virgin beyond 20 years old. Is that healthy? I don't know. I probably would have been much more focused and much more accomplished if think? I was that. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's a good point. There's yeah. probably some benefits to it. Sure was. I think most people that make it that long these days, <laughs> they're either riding a religion train hard or they have some sort of fear. Are there incels? On. That, well, I don't know if that's voluntary. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. They're just dorks. You're right. <laughs> what is something that society should normalize? Saying, I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah. Cheap and free health care. That would be good. Uh, yeah. Responsible recreational drug use. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I believe that. You, if you can drink responsibly. Yeah. Uh, working from home. Naps at work. Uh, taking time out to add. Well, I'm not even going to answer that one. By the way, I did see Oklahoma tomorrow voting as a population, as citizens, to go fully wrecked. They better. Yeah. Smoke Oklahoma. Shout out to Smoke Oklahoma. Smoke Oklahoma. Yeah. What is something that society should normalize? The actual truth. If you see anything out there on the fan text, y'all, don't be afraid to shout it out, okay? So good good look. Four-day work week. The four-day work yes, week. Yes, I'm with that, man. I'm an advocate for that right there, bro. And the it's naps. working overseas. Uh, uh, child custody and father's rights. Yeah, that one's tough. Like, the, the courts still uh, assume that the mother is no doubt about it the most fit to be a, a parent. Yeah. And all the dad can do is work. Uh, I guess that's men as parents, I guess. I guess, mm -hmm. I guess the same thing right mm -hmm. there. I don't know. Yeah. Gee, back in the day, we do it every day here at 2.30. We have a vacated title because the Mississippi Valley State student broadcasters went five times a day. They sure did. Put some respect on their name. Man. Yeah. Uh, I got inundated, though, on social media saying Bones Jones should have won. Bones Jones. He won a UFC 285. He's a new UFC heavyweight champion. Here he is in an octagon uh, post fight. You're the greatest of all time now. It's cemented. It's in history. You're the heavyweight champion of the world. Welcome back. Can I get a Fans love him again. Yeah. How does this feel? It's been three years since we've seen you. To come back and to have such a dominant victory. 
You know, uh, you know, first and foremost, you, you know what's coming. I got to give thanks BT. to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, JC. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. It's been an honor to watch you become the youngest ever UFC champion. It's been an honor to watch you become the heavyweight champion. And I can't wait to see you again. Welcome back and congratulations on achieving your goal. Last thing. <laughs> the greatest of all time, ladies and <laughs> That's oh, dope. Geez. I like the bat. Yeah, yeah, he's the goat. Man. That That's is good. dope. Yeah, shout out to the goat. <laughs> he is, man. Uh, when he went from Tom Brady now and Jordan. Nah. Ooh, I want them to all start doing that. <laughs> yeah. I want that to be a trend for the goats. Post game interviews. Yeah, you earned it. Nah. <laughs> just, drop, just drop it. <laughs> Instead of the Russell Wilson, let's ride at oh. the end. The goats. Oh. Be <laughs> 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 fire. Now you heard Joe Rogan right there interviewing uh, John Jones. Joe Rogan's dad apparently was going off on Joe this weekend. Oh, no. Yeah, he said Joe's been doing a lot of capping. He's oh, been yeah. lying about his childhood. Okay. Joe Rogan's dad said, I'm not that bad of a guy. Quit doing that to me. I'm tired of it, Joe. I just had enough. If you can't talk to me face to face, you're a punk ass. That's all you are. You got all the money, everything, but you know what you don't have? You don't have no heart. And I'm going to tell you something else you don't have. Oh boy. You ain't got two balls. Hmm. I don't want to talk to your father because you couldn't handle me. <clears throat> 81 years old, you couldn't handle this guy right here. And when you said I beat up kids, I beat up other women, Joe Harrison was, when you farted in your house, they knew next door. Wow, yeah. sounds like a good guy. I don't know what Joe's problem could be. Oh, no, man. You're a punk ass with no balls. <laughs> Come on, I'm 81. You can't take this. You couldn't handle me constantly bullying you and beating up kids in front of you. I was just trying to teach some discipline. Joe, why won't you talk to me? Hilarious. <laughs> you got no balls. P-word? You got no balls, you got Joe. no balls, man. The Italian dad from New Jersey, yeah. man. I love it, bro. It's phenomenal. I can't wait till Joe's dad sit on that podcast with him for three and a half hours. Let's hash it on out. Let's hash it on out. Dad, you Train literally. Train all night. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Headlines. It's rattlesnake season here in Texas, ladies and gentlemen. You guys scared of snakes? I 100% am. Yes. yes. Yeah, I was doing some yard work this weekend, and I was oh. on the lookout for them. Okay, good yeah. for you. Copperheads are out. The last place I lived at uh, in Arlington, Viridian, full of copperheads, bro. I remember oh those stories. Gosh. Yeah, that sounded terrifying. Yeah. Cotton's mouth, cotton mouth, coral snakes, and a whole bunch of non-venomous snakes will be out, so y'all be prepared for that. Be out the way. Yeah, they're breaking out of hibernation, man. They want to party, too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's their time. Weather. Yeah. Oh, no. Speaking of animals, scientists are four years away from reincarnating the woolly mammoth. Nice. Oh, hell yeah. Four, four years, years away. Yeah. What are we doing? Still got nothing that's on the a, woolly That's bully. a hairy Thanks. giant elephant. Yeah. Yep. With big old long tusks, tusks. man. Ice yep. age, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah. we're going to bring them back and turn them loose and everything? Yeah, we're going to bring them back. I don't know where he's going to stay. Sweet. I want the giant swan. We're, we're, we're warming up. We're heating up here. He's just staying at my house. Yeah. I don't know. We're going to go from Tiger King to the next Netflix thing. Is going to be Wooly Mammoth King. He's just going to have like a whole farm of them. I yeah. hope so. People are going to want those tusks. Yeah. I think so. Uh, let's see here. Were you aware that Coach Prime got himself in a little hot water talking about recruiting practices yeah. Yeah. a few weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he wants his defensive players to be from single-parent households, I yeah. think. Yeah. 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 My defensive lineman is totally opposite. What do you mean? Single mama. <laughs> wow. Trying to get it. Uh, he's on free lunch. I mean, like, uh, uh, I mean, I'm talking about just trying to make it. He's trying to rescue mama. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't say anything, bro. <laughs> I know. Let I'm it ride. Let it ride. I know. Uh, so I was scrolling down the timeline uh, on my YouTube, mm-hmm. and I follow a lot of comedians and whatnot, so the algorithm always gives me comedy. Always right. does. And this one popped Pro up. Pro tip right there. And I right. said, damn, bro. Did Coach Prime take this bit from Gary Owen, the comedian Gary Owen? Oh. Listen to this. When I be watching the combine every year, they do the same thing, right? They bring these guys in from college. They see how far they can jump, how strong they are, right? And then they interview them to find out if their mind's right to be on their team. Now, like if I'm on a football team and I got guys at the combine and I'm an owner of an NFL team, I'm going to ask the guys a few questions according to the positions, right? Like my quarterback, I want him to be from a two-parent home, uh, went to private school in high school, something like that. My defense, I'm going to ask him one question. You know who your daddy is? No. We could use you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got a lot of shit. Get off your chest, don't you, young man? <laughs> I'm on my draft, some big southern mother. 
you know, from a, that grew up in like Savannah, Georgia, just mad. Mad that he never knew who dad was and mad that he grew up in Savannah, right? Just mad. Yeah, Dion should have said, man, I'm just joking, bro. Y'all ain't never heard of, hey, yeah. never heard of Gary Owens. What about some comedic license here? Yeah, hey, come on, man. It wasn't me. It wasn't my bit. What are I we mean, doing? Shador's parents weren't together. He's pretty good. Yeah, Hello. pretty good. That's Hello. Right. Yeah. Well, you sound like my auntie and stuff now. They were talking about it. He yeah. ain't even talking about his own family. <laughs> she right. was so upset about that. Sounds like your auntie can talk some sports. She, she really can, both of them. Uh, and Chris Rock got his lick back, his lick back on Will Smith this weekend. Mm. I'm talking about that last 10 minutes of his comedy routine was treacherous for Will. I know it hurt. I got a little clip of it right nice. here, fellas. Uh, a lot of bleeps in here, but just ride with it. And we all been cheated on. Everybody in here have been cheated on. None of us have ever been interviewed by the person that cheated on us on television. Mm. None of us. It's like, hey, I was somebody else's. How did that make you feel? <laughs> Why the f would you do that? She hurt him way more than he hurt me. Okay? okay? Everybody in the world called him a bitch. I tried to call him a and give him my condolences. He ain't pick up for me. Everybody called that man a bitch. <laughs> Charlemagne called him a bitch. Breakfast Club called him a and the view and the talk and every rapper with the drink champs called him a everybody called him a called his wife a predator everybody called him a everybody everybody and who's he hit me who's he hit me yeah he low-key called Will a B about 13 yeah. times right there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm big old B. <laughs> right, not man. me, of course. Not I me. I'm be not cool. That's what they said. All right, man. That's my time, bro. Thank you, Lucius. Coming up next, it's the fifth and final hour of the show. Around the rim, including Mavericks talking points from defeat. What has happened to the team's young breakout candidate? We'll discuss that with you as well here in the G-Bag Nation. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.